Welcome to the Write It Down podcast with the 1513 Network. I'm Brooke Murata, bringing you one-on-one interviews to challenge, inspire, and encourage. On the mic today is the University of Florida Athletic Director, Scott Strickland. Scott has been the AD of the Florida Gators since 2016. In his position, he has witnessed women's tennis, men's outdoor track and field, and baseball become national champions. Scott shares with us the highs and lows of being an AD of a large SEC school. He challenges us to seek wisdom every day. Sit back, relax, and get your pens ready because this is Write It Down. Welcome back to Write It Down. Today, we welcome current University of Florida Gators Athletic Director, Scott Strickland. Scott, welcome to Write It Down. Thank you, Brooke. I appreciate having me on. Go Gators. Go Gators. Um, I'm a Gator grad myself, and back in 2017, you actually spoke in one of my sport media classes, and you took a picture of our class, and I was in the front (laughs) row, and you posted it on Twitter. So technically, we know each other, but I never would have thought three years later we'd be recording this episode. So I'm just really happy to have you on the show. It's kind of cool. Well, glad we reconnected. And also, I would like to say for those of you listening, your last name is Strickland, not Strickland. How often do people say Strickland with L-A-N-D? Do you get that a lot? You know, people usually don't really take the time in pronunciation to distinguish between the two. But in, <laughs> but anytime something my name is written out, it's misspelled about 90% of the time. I'm sure. Like, I literally have a, a, like a note that says it's Strickland. Don't say land, Brooke. Don't say land. So I'm just making yeah, that clear. Yeah, we uh, we have we have a story that's been passed down in my family. I assume it's accurate, uh, completely historical. But uh, at some point, we were all strict lands when we came over from, from, uh, uh, you know, the British Isles. Yeah. And part of the family starts getting into horse thieving, so some of us had to change our name to Strict Land. So if you ever meet a Strict Land, you'll, you can you understand they came from the part of the family that that maybe didn't do things the right way. At least that's the story my family wow. always tells. Wow, I like that story. Let's stick <laughs> let's stick with that story. That's a cool story. Strickland. If I meet a Strickland, I'll know who I'm talking to. Exactly. Be a little cautious. <laughs> so tell me how a Mississippi State University grad like yourself becomes the athletic director of one of the largest SEC schools. What does that look like? Um, you know, it, it um, I, I think, I don't think anything happens in life by accident. You know, and mm-hmm. I, I, uh, my faith is important. I, I think the good Lord directs us, mm-hmm. um, in ways that, that we can't imagine, but, um, you know, Florida growing up in, in uh, the South, I grew up in Mississippi. I worked in Mississippi state, but I also worked at Auburn and Kentucky. I spent about, you know, uh, before I came to Florida, I'd already been in the sec working for about 25 years. And, um, you know, Florida is just one of those unique places because of the success, because of the resources, because of the people, uh, and because of the way they had always gone about doing things, at least in my professional career. Um, you know, look at the last 30 years, there's been a real commitment to doing things with great integrity. And, and not coincidentally, there's, there's been unbelievable success in that time. And, and Jeremy Foley uh, did a great job as athletic director. And, and when you come up in this business, Jeremy's a guy that is uh is an icon and and you look up to and and so i can remember when i was uh first was able to become an ad at mississippi state um you know i'd worked for a guy named mitch barnhart in kentucky who i had learned a lot from and and tried to model a lot of what we did after what i'd learned from mitch but the other guy that that i really tried to pay attention to and 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 take cues from and, and try to model our program after was what jeremy had done in florida and so um, just, you know, right place, right time. I was, I was fortunate uh, to had developed a relationship with Jeremy through being an AD in the SEC before I ever came to Florida. And uh, just, you know, 
good Lord smiled mm-hmm. on me and, and uh, gave me the opportunity to, to join the Gators. Yeah. And so when you were in school as like a 18 to 22 year old, was big picture athletic director or was it just something within sports? You know, I, I think I was probably brash enough to think I wanted to be an AD. And I, it's so funny because once I, when I became an AD at Mississippi State, and that's where I got to school, um, I, I don't remember having that thought that, that as a young person I wanted to be an AD. I remember thinking I just wanted to be in sports. But I had college friends reach out to me after I became AD at my alma mater to say, I remember when we were in college, you said you were going to be the AD. And how it earned, and I must have been to have thought that, that that was a possibility when I was that young. But um, you know, the older you get, you realize how hard those opportunities are to come by, and and how there's some really, really talented people who work their whole career don't have those opportunities. And and so, uh, but I, you know, I think early on I knew I wanted to be in athletics. I, I worked as a as a student in the athletic program there, and and uh, Mississippi State. Um, and, and just, you know, made the decision. I want to try to figure out how to how to the job doing this somewhere in college athletics when I graduate and, and for, was fortunate enough to, to kind of start down that path. Yeah. I mean, were you an athlete growing up? Like, were you always surrounded by sports? What was your sport? Yeah. You know, I was I was a backyard athlete and, and did a little bit, you know, in school growing up, but I was never uh, never the best athlete on my team by any means. But, I, you know, I love football and I play football and mm-hmm. I love basketball and I play basketball and I love baseball. And, you know, so you just, um, you know, I was one of those kids growing up. If you asked me what my favorite sport was, it was whatever season we were in at that time. Yeah. Well, which I think is is fitting for being an athletic director because it's so, especially with the Gators, like everybody as who is a Gator fan is typically like drawn to football. Like football is just kind of our big sport, but as an athletic director, you have to, you have to kind of be a, well, you do have to be aware of all sports, like all athletics. Um, so like what Gators sports team is probably the most underrated and deserves more attention, like aside wow, from football. Yeah. That's, that's hard to pick because we have 21 sports Yeah, and football obviously gets the lion's share of attention and, and basketball is after that probably. And then you got, you know, baseball and softball and, and the others that draw good crowds and, and have a following. Yeah. Gymnastics certainly has a big following at, sure. at UF. Um, you know, probably track and field. And I, and I say that, and I think a lot of people realize that that's a, a nationally relevant program. Uh, Mouse Holloway's won nine national championships between indoor and outdoor track and field. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think people realize we're really good, but it's just, it's not a sport uh, in this day and age that is as top of mind because you don't, see them on tv competing as often and that kind of thing um but we have so many really good you know you know um roland thornquist our women's tennis team you know they win that they're, they're mm-hmm. you know national championship contenders our men's tennis team was in the final four a year ago uh i mentioned baseball and softball but you go down the list mary wise has won almost 20 sec championships has made it the national championship final twice um she's an icon in and of herself so mm-hmm. it the great thing about being with the Gators is, uh, you know, you don't hang your hat on just one or two sports. You look around across the landscape and seemingly everybody's um, com- competing, not just for SEC titles, but are putting themselves in position for a national title. And, um, you know, if you're, if you're in athletics and, and um, you know, it's, it's important to you and you want to see young people uh, be successful at the highest level, 
uh, that's that's where the that's where the fun is 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 having teams that are successful and, and we're blessed to have that in Florida. Oh yeah, for sure. And and I would assume that your job is not a standard nine to five. You don't you ha- you have things and extracurricular activities that you have to do to keep you know the the boat going. So what would you describe as probably the most stressful part of your job? Like. If somebody's going to be hired as an AD anywhere, what would you say, hey, like this is probably going to be the most stress you'll feel? Well, the, the most important decision an AD makes is, is who you surround yourself with, whether that's um, senior staff or whether it's head coaches. Mm-hmm. And so um, making those decisions, and as we know, where the, especially in you know, some of the head coaching positions become very public decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that just those are those are stress inducing. You want to get those right. Um, you don't want to make a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you make a mistake hiring a football or basketball coach, everybody knows it. Um, and so you you want to you know you you put a lot of pressure on yourself to get those right. You know, your your um, you know the decision you make is going to have a big impact on your staff. It's going to have a big impact certainly on the the, the students that are part of your program, student athletes. And then it's, you know, you think about Gator Nation and 400,000 living alumni and all that, you know, it's going to have a big impact on those people as well. So um, you just, you internalize a lot of that. And so those, and rightly so, because they're really important decisions and you're only as good as the people that are, that are part of your program, Mm -hmm. especially those who who are going to be leaders. So uh, that's probably the biggest decision you have to make. There's, there's other decisions you have to make related, sometimes related to personnel, Mm -hmm. sometimes related to discipline for young people uh, that are not easy decisions. Some of them are, some of them are not. Um, But um, you know, the, the ones that, that, you know, everybody's watching, everybody's paying attention. Those are always the one that uh, you have a little more stress on. And there's also like, not really, really a scapegoat for you you're kind of the scapegoat like I mean you're the point man so I would imagine that that's like even if there is there there's other factors that go in and involving um hiring a a head coach but really you're kind of the guy that has to show up in the media and um just kind of know what to say and back in 2017 you hired Dan Mullen as the head football coach what what does that hiring process look like for for a position like that um, you know, you try to gather as much information you, as you can and you try to, as best you can, block out distractions because uh, there, there tends to be a lot of distractions and, and it's easy to, to let that noise kind of filter in and, and it's really important that you don't do that. Um, and then you, it's just, you know, who is going to be able to um, lead your program to, to uh, who's someone that you're going to feel good about leading your program, you know, so a lot of ways when you, when you hire someone, they're an extension of you. So yeah. who's going to be someone that's going to understand uh, what's, you know, what's important to us, what our values are, uh, who is somebody that can come in and, and uh, provide leadership, hold people accountable, set a plan. Um, and, and then, you know, ultimately you want to, you want to be successful and win games. Um and, and so you got to factor all that in. And there's, there's no uh, – it's not like going to, to Best Buy and buying a TV and, and all the specs are on the box. And, and when you open up the box, those specs are going to be, right. in, you know, in the product. You, know, right. you don't know what – you don't always know what you're getting yeah. when you make that decision. And so there's a uh, – you know, you got to trust your gut. you got to, you know, trust – you know, get the input from people whose opinion you value. And, uh, and then you've got to, you know, make the best choice. And then you can't look back. You've got to – you know, put all your uh, support and um, resources behind making that person successful as they can be, because that's going to 
that'd be the future of your program. Yeah, I mean, and, and essentially you're hiring a personality as well. Like someone that's kind of the face of the, the sport that, that you're hiring them for. Um, and, and speaking of personality, um, how, how do you feel like your relationship with the media looks like? Do you feel like that you're portrayed well in the media with who you are and what you, what you embody? Or do you feel like the media is as scary as we all think it is? Well, I had, uh, I've never thought about that that way, Brooke. Um, you know, I, I, I came up in uh, media relations and communications, so I, I have I have always had a respect for for in, the importance of the media and the job they do. Um, some media members do a better job than others, just like some ADs do a better job than others. Yeah. But I always try to I always try to be respectful, and I, I can't control how I'm portrayed. And, you know, I don't think you can spend much time worrying about that. You got to, you know, um, as an athletic director, you're going to be given credit for things you had nothing to do with, and you're going to be blamed for things you had nothing to do with. And that's just part of it, part right. of being a leader. So um, I don't really worry about that, but I, you know, I, I've always tried to um, have good relationships with, with media members and be respectful and be fair. And I've had people who who have, uh, written things I didn't like and I got mad at them. And some of those people are my closest friends today because I understand mm. at the end of the day, they're just doing their job. Right. Right. And, and, and you mentioned leadership and also earlier with, you know, you walking with the Lord, do you find it like hard to balance being a Christian, but also being like the AD of a huge sec school? Like how do you, how do you manage walking with the Lord and being a faithful leader to him, but also with everything else going on, not just being super stressed all the time and kind of kicking that character to the curb. Well, you know, I actually think my faith gives me a lot of uh, personal peace that allows me to handle, uh, you know, the stresses that come with this job normally. I, I, and one of the things that, that, uh, that, that provides me is, um, you know, I understand me, having the opportunity to lead this athletic program, which is a huge honor and it's something I'm really grateful for. Yeah. It has nothing, to, it has nothing to do with me. Yeah. I mean, it is, it has zero to do with me. And if, if that opportunity gets taken away from me tomorrow, right. I am, you know, I, that's, that's, that's God's will for my life. I'm going to be fine with that as well. So yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't uh, approach my job as if I'm just trying to hang on or I'm just trying to, right. uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a matter of trying to do whatever I can to, to make it last as long as possible. This is what I've been asked and tasked to do uh, at this point in my life. And I'm going to try to do it the best of my ability. And I think uh, my faith, I think gives me that perspective to understand this isn't uh, the most important thing in my life. And, um, and so it's, it, it gives you balance. And I actually think you make better decisions, um, as a leader of others, when you, when you don't care about what impact it's going to have on you personally. Yeah. And I think my faith allows me to, to have that perspective. Well, yeah, because at the epicenter of our faith, it's putting others first. And so when you view life through the lens of like, how is it, am I going to be portrayed? It's that it's selfishness. And I think that that's what's really cool about your story is your identity is not a, attached to your job. Your identity is attached to something greater and your job is just a way that the Lord is allowing, like it's providing for you and it's providing for others through you and who you are. And I think a lot of people out there in leadership roles, there has to be, there has to be a level of faith 
and something outside of yourself. And I think, um, and that's ultimately what we teach as believers of Jesus is like, he's greater than all of this. And if it's gone from me tomorrow, then I'm going to be okay. Like my identity right. is not in this job, you know? Right. Yeah. So I think that's a, this is a healthy perspective. And, and, um, once you get to that point where you're not worried about the earthly trappings and mm-hmm. holding on to them, yeah. you, you end up making really good decisions. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break to discuss Write It Down's brand new website. You can head over to widpod.com, W-I-D-P-O-D.com, and see all the goods. You'll notice a banner at the top of the page that says learn more. If you click that link, it'll show you how you can support Write It Down. P.S. My favorite part about the website is the Wid Wall, which is a collection of all the Write It Downs from the show. This podcast is made possible by the 1513 Network. So show the network some love and support by listening to their other shows. If not, just stick with Write It Down because I'm the coolest, the realest, the illest. Now, back to the show. At what point in your life did you decide to, to follow Jesus? You know, I... Um... I was blessed to, to have parents that, that raised us in that environment. And, uh, you know, me, my brother, and my sister, all of us went to church three times a week. And, um, and then, you know, as fate would have it, I, 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 married, I met a young girl that, you know, came, came up with a similar background and had similar, uh, uh, faith experiences. And, and we've been able to kind of create our own family and my wife and Ann and I have. And, and, uh, so I, I, I don't have one of these great, I was down on my knees kind of story. I've, yeah. I've, I've been fortunate that that's always been a part of who you of are. My life. Yeah, absolutely. Are there certain um, daily routines that you have that you do in order to stay sane with your job and with your faith and with your family? Are there certain things that Scott Strickland must do in order to, you know, stay afloat with all of this? Um, I don't know if it's a must do. I enjoy doing it. You know, I mm-hmm. like a cup of coffee in the morning and a little reading time. And, you know, some of that is, is, uh, reading my, my, uh, devotional or Bible story. And some of that's prayer and some of that's reading the news. And, you know, but I, I, I appreciate when I can, uh, plan my morning where I have, you know, 30, 45 minutes to, to do that quietly. Yeah. And, uh, so I normally get up earlier than anybody else in my family and, it gives me the opportunity to, to kind of get that time in. But I think that's important. I, I don't want to push that off later in the day because I don't trust myself that I'll get, you know, I think I'll get done. caught yeah. up in the busyness of life and yeah. and, and not, not uh, spend the time I need to there. Yeah. And I'm sure now with, with in light of COVID and everything going on and the stress surrounding that, those moments are probably really precious to you because I don't think anybody anticipated to, Number for COVID to happen, number one, but number two, to be a, a leader during this time. And so has it been difficult to manage all of this with sports starting up? Do you feel like a huge level of stress right now? I would say there's a, there's a healthy level of apprehension. If you can combine those two words. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I feel really good. I think I feel as, as good as I can about the planning and what has occurred thus far with engaging with our, with our student athletes and our staff. Um, but you know, you, you're, uh, you're holding your breath and you're saying a lot of prayers about, you know, what you don't know and what comes next. And, and, uh, are we you know, able to continue to go down the path? And, and, uh, so that, uh, there's, there's certainly, uh, I, I always, I don't know how, um, 
I would hate to be in a situation that is stressful. And this, this is certainly one of those times that you could, that you notice there's the stress level rising and not have uh, the outlet of faith or prayer. Yeah. And um, it's just, there's a peace that comes with that, that, that I think uh, um, is, you know, it's divine. And, and, and the other piece of that is, is, uh, you know, I, I think that helps, you make better decisions and get through because again, you know, that, that it's, it's not all on you to try to figure out the answer to stuff or it's not just on your team, but uh, there's other forces at play. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think nobody, nobody enjoys the, the unknown and the ambiguity of COVID and what that entails. And I, I can't imagine being in your position, um, especially with football. I mean, I even think about the NFL and just, it's, it's a, it's a huge, it's a it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money when it comes down to it. And I know that Gator Athletics is a, is a big part of University of Florida's um, income. And so I'm just I'm praying for you because these this is a lot. Of, these are a lot of big decisions. Would you say that you're nervous about Gator football fans if the season doesn't happen? I mean, I know there's no there's no say yet, but are you nervous about Gator football fans or not really? It's just kind of like you got to keep strolling. Uh, you mean like nervous about their their mental uh, yeah, them being. well-being if we don't get to play games? <laughs> yeah, and the anger. I mean, Gator you know, football I, fans I, are intense. Oh, I, I, trust me. I, and that's that's why I love being in Florida, because I love the passion of Gator Nation. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. You People people talk about money and they talk about pressure from outside forces. Um this goes back to uh, we're not going. We're not making decisions based on money. If right. it's not right for our kids to play, right. we'll figure out the money piece. We'll, you know, we'll figure the doors will, you know, we'll we'll right. continue to provide academic opportunities for these young people, Absolutely. and we'll support them. Um, but we are at the University of Florida, uh, our staff and, and our coaches, to provide athletic opportunities for young people, and if, and and. If we don't feel like we can do that in a healthy environment in this past spring with so many unknowns about the virus, we, we didn't feel like we were in a position to do that. So we, we sent everybody home. But we've learned a lot. Uh, we've come up with protocols. And uh, right now, we feel like we have a chance to provide a healthy environment yeah. for them to do that. And, and, and so it's not about we got to do it for money. It's about can we provide an athletic opportunity? And yeah. one of the things I think is really that I think gets lost is you know, we the SEC came out early on and said any any student athlete who's not comfortable or doesn't want to compete, we're going to still have them on scholarship this year. This is not they're not having to make a decision about whether they keep their scholarship or not. We're going to support them either way. If they choose to want to compete, we're going to support that as well. And so, I think it's really important that we're all flexible, we're all adaptable, yeah. we're all as accommodating as we can be during this time, and make sure we understand what what really is important. What's really important is. Um, the health and safety of our young people, but that's not just a physical health and safety. There's yeah. a mental health component to that as well. And, and I think that's something that uh, we're trying to strike that balance to yeah. give them, to keep them as safe as we can, as healthy as we can physically, but also allow them to pursue their passion from a mental standpoint. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good. And that's a good perspective to have. I think that ultimately if you're, if, leaders are not having that perspective across the board not just with gators but with just sports and schools 
in general, like that's just not, it's not healthy. I think a lot of us, um, we miss sports of course, because I think it helps a lot of people just escape their own, you know, issues in life and it brings people together. But ultimately that the decisions that are being made need to be made for the health and wellness of everybody involved and not just fans being upset, you know? Um, but speaking of football, we've, we've talked a lot about football. Um, you know, we all know the Steve Spurriers and the Tim Tebow's, the Gator football greats. But can you share an untold story of an athlete that didn't play football that stands out to you um, over the last few years of you being AD at, at UF? You mean another athlete? Yeah, like an athlete that's not a, fo- not a football great. Maybe just oh, an wow. untold there's, story. There's so many. There's yeah. so many. Um you know, and I, if it's okay, I may list three or four here. But Please you know, do. we have, uh, you know, there's there's a guy named Grant Holloway who's a who was a national champion in the 110 hurdles, uh, part of several Gator national championship track and field teams. Um, he was set to go to Tokyo this summer and represent the U.S. Wow. Uh, hope, hoping he gets that opportunity next summer. Uh, great, great young man, and for su- and huge personality just lights up a room. And for some reason he took to calling me Scotty early on in his time. And because he kept winning championships, I didn't stop him. So, uh, he's a special <laughs> kid. He lights up the room. And I, you know, I, I look forward anytime I get a chance to be around Van Holloway. Um, you know, Caleb Dressel's another great Olympian. Uh, he's already won a gold medal. Uh, he did that while he was at UF. That's he crazy. finished as, uh, the best swimmer in the country. Uh, he again was is you know po- poised to go compete in Tokyo whenever that occurs, and, and will probably be the the most decorated Olympic U.S. Olympic swimmer at those games whenever they occur. Um, you talk about a guy that that lives his faith, that mm-hmm. that is as humble as they come, and he's as good as any swimmer in the world right now. And, and you just, it's amazing how many of those kind of young people we have walking around our campus at at, uh, at Florida. I uh, always love telling this story. Um, I was, uh, um, the day I was hired, um, we had a, um, uh, young tennis player, women's tennis player who was on the search committee because she was the head of our, our student athlete advisory committee. And, um, uh, Courtney her name and she, and she came up to me and I'm meeting her for the first, first student athlete I've met it, since I've been named athletic director. And I'm asking her, uh, if she's had any fall competition, this is in September and typically, uh, in college tennis, you play your team competitions in the spring. In the fall, it's a lot of individual competitions, and they're random tournaments that get put together in, in various towns across the country. And I asked her, have you had any fall competition? And she said, well, yeah, me and my, my doubles partner just got back from competing in the U.S. Open. I was like, you know, that's that's not like the Raleigh Regional. Yeah, that's the, not you know, the, casual. The that's not here. Yeah, I mean, like, it's the U.S. Open. She, she was in the U.S. Open. She They qualified for that because they had won the, the NCAA doubles the year before. So I just – I love those kind of stories of being around and getting to interact with, with uh, young people who want to have a degree from the top 10 public university, but they also um, have such exceptional athletic abilities – that, that we get a chance to support them in. And, and that's not every university uh, is able to attract those kind of young people. We're really blessed at Florida that, that we have kind of the right kind of coaches, the right kind of environment academically that they want to come be a part of. Yeah, absolutely. And, and those stories, I love those stories because it they do deserve 
a lot of spotlight. And not that they don't get spotlight, but it's just sometimes in bigger schools, um, it can just be overshadowed, at, overshadowed by bigger sports programs, I should say. So when you hear stories like that, it's like, man, like across the board, and I can say this from experience because I went to UF, <laughs> across the board, the student athletes at the University of Florida are exceptional people, like on and off the field, on and off the court. Um, one of my really good friends, um, Brooke Copeland, she played basketball for UF. Sure. And she was just one of the greatest people. And we're still friends to this day. Um, she ended up marrying Justin Jackson, who plays in the NBA. But she's just like a really unique girl. And I remember going to the basketball games and just being like, man, these girls off the court are the most genuine people you could ever meet. And that's just like a really cool thing to say about UF as a whole like we really are Gator Nation I think that's why you know so many alumni like they just stick with it like anywhere you move after you graduate UF you can find a Gator and that's just really amazing and and a fun thing to be a part of Um, what would you say before we get we're going to do some fun questions at the end of the show before we get to write it down but I I do want to ask you this what is the most fun part of your job like the thing you look forward to the most Oh, I, uh, I love yeah, two things. I love being around the people, whether it's the athletes, whether it's our coaches and staff or whether it's our fans. I just, I love the energy, uh, you know, being around, being around people who are passionate about what they're doing. There's just, there's, there's something really special about that. And, and so I, I love that part. And then I love the competition. You know, I love, mm-hmm. um, I love having, you know, th- there's a little bit of a, there's a juice that comes with that and something candidly that uh, is really, we've all been missing since March and to have that opportunity to, to have a rooting interest and not knowing what the outcome is going to be. That's what, you know, we've all seen these replays of great games, yeah. whether it's on ESPN or SEC network, they've been playing during the, the pandemic. And those are kind of nice to go back and have memories, but it's not the same because you don't have that tension that that competition brings, but you don't know what the outcome is going to be. Yep. And so I'm, I miss that and really looking forward to the time when we can be back together uh, with our athletes and our coaches and our, and our fans to have that interaction. But also when we have that, that competition, we can all go be a part of. Yeah, absolutely. And that, and that word tension brings me directly to my first fun question. Oh, I think it's fun. But what opponent across the board for all sports really gets under your skin? doesn't matter if we're playing them in basketball, baseball, football. What is that opponent that you're just like, can we please beat them? Wow. That's a great question. Um, You know, this is probably – I'm probably tipping my hand a little bit about, you know, other schools I've worked with and just being the SEC. But, you know, I have a lot of respect for them from what they're able to accomplish athletically. But I love beating LSU. It doesn't matter what sport it's in. Mm -hmm. You know, football, we have great matchups. Mm -hmm. And and I've been fortunate, as I you know, to be at the other SEC schools I've worked at. I can – I think I've had – I've had – those teams have had really memorable games against that school in all sports – and uh, and then you know my first year at UF, um, you know we had the the, the hurricane game and mm-hmm. we went down there and clinched the East in football that game. And then six months later, we're in Omaha facing off with them in the finals of the College World Series and, and to see the Gators win their first national championship and then for it to come against um, LSU was really special. Yeah, 
I'm glad you said LSU because I had coach Ed Orgeron on the show. And um, at the end, he just said, go Tigers. And I was like, no, go Gators. So I, I really <laughs> love that that healthy. I think it's healthy, but it could be unhealthy sometimes of that that tension that we have with LSU. So good answer. Good answer. Um, OK, so here's another one. This is a, I mean, it's not it's kind of personal, but what weird maybe habits or things that you do that really aggravate your wife? Well, I'd like to think I don't have any of those. Brooke. <laughs> and since she's not on here to call me out. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I probably, I don't think I'm as bad as I once was <laughs> earlier in life. Cause I think I've matured, but I, yeah. I probably, um, have not been as, as flexible in, in considering other opinions yeah. as, uh, as I sh- you should be, especially again, early in our marriage, I probably thought I knew what was right all the time. And, yeah. uh, the Lord has, the Lord has worked with me in that, uh, to point that out area. that that's not always the case. That's so funny. You're like, I don't really have any problems, but if she was here, she'd maybe <laughs> say this. That's awesome. I'm okay. just guessing. Right. Um, okay, so when you go to your favorite restaurant, what appetizer do you insist on getting? Like for me, I'm always looking at the menu and seeing if there's fried pickles. I just love fried pickles, something about it. So if you were to go to a restaurant, what's what's an appetizer that you're like, you know what, I want that? You know, you, uh, you, you'll you find, Brooke, as you get older, that, that what looks good on that appetizer list is going to change. So when I was <laughs> when I was younger... You know, uh, fried cheese might be on that list. Right. But as I've gotten older and my diet, uh, not necessarily what my wants, but my dietary needs have changed, yeah. I'm probably looking for a good hummus or yes. or uh, something that, that I can uh, feel a little bit better about eating. I, I get that. I'm, I'm a huge hummus gal. And this one's a little off script, but I've been to Gainesville maybe like once or twice since all of the new updates of like Butler Plaza and just all the, the greatness that's going on in the surrounding area of UF. What would you say is your favorite place to go in Gainesville to just kind of maybe restaurant, maybe place to shop that's kind of like an escape from actual work? You know, I've got to be careful because we have a lot of sponsors. Oh, uh-oh, and I don't want to make any of them mad. You're right. You're right. So um, we 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 have some wonderful restaurants. Celebration Point, which I know is a sponsor, yeah. and uh, they're they're working on opening up a, a new restaurant for Coach Spurrier. Yeah, I, I think it's been a really cool addition uh, to Gainesville, and and uh, they've got a great little uh, community center there in the middle, and some good restaurants and. So I uh, I can play it safe. I know that Celebration okay. Point is one of our sponsors. That's, I wasn't trying to trick you. I didn't. I I wasn't even thinking of sponsors. But there's just some places <laughs> that I just remember going to, and I'm like, man, like Gainesville has some really unique spots. It's a really yeah, you know the down, downtown has some really good restaurants yep. and and uh, you know whether you want sushi or yep. there's some you know some really good places to go in town. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun time. Well, we are getting to that point of the show where I ask each guest um, a little nugget of wisdom to share with the audience, something we call our write it down. So, Scott Strickland, if there's one thing you want us to write down and remember, what would it be? Um, you know, my, uh, my mother, um, at a young age, she said, uh, she said something to me that, that has always stuck with me. She said, I, you know, I want you, I pray every day that, that you will have wisdom. And, and I said, okay, great. Thanks. And she goes, well, I want you to do something about that. She said, you know, there's 31 books in the, in the book, I'm sorry, 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, Mm. whatever day of the month it is, you should read that chapter. And so I've kind of 
done that, you know, I wouldn't say every single day of my life, but uh, I, I've read the book of Proverbs many times through that, doing it that way. And so um, you pick up a lot of really good things. And, and you know, there's there's too many to mention. Humility comes before honor. Mm-hmm. There's a great line for an athletic director or anybody in the public eye that says like a um, fluttering sparrow or a darting uh, 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 messed up. I forget what bird it is, mm-hmm. but uh, an undeserved curse never comes to rest. Like a mm-hmm. fluttering sparrow, an undeserved curse never comes to rest. And if you're, you know, any kind of leadership role, people are going to say things that aren't fair. And if you just realize that that's not true and you think you're doing things the right for the right reason, you don't have to worry about that. It's not going to stick. Yeah. So anyway, there's just, there's, but there's, a, there's so many uh, really insightful things that, that are in that book uh, that, that I think help, help you live, help anyone live their life. And, and that's been the, that piece of advice. From my mom is something that, uh, I've always treasured. Yeah, I love that. And I, and one thing I really do love about the, the book of Proverbs is there's such short little key phrases of wisdom. You know, it's not like this long story. It's just like right. a verse of wisdom. Oh, the next verse is another verse of wisdom. And you're just like, wow, this is this is an easy read. But they're like little zingers that kind of stick with you throughout the day. So I think that's a really good piece of advice for those that are listening is, you know, a challenge to, to read um, a chapter in Proverbs every single day because there is 31 of them. So that's awesome. Scott Strickland, thank you so much for joining Write It Down today and sharing your story and answering all the fun Gator questions from a fellow Gator girl. Thank you, Brooke. I appreciate it. Hope you stay safe and look forward to seeing you on campus. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Write It Down podcast. This podcast is a part of the 1513 Network. You can catch a variety of shows on their website, 1513.com. If you enjoy listening to Write It Down, please subscribe, share with your friends, and if there's any ink left in your pen, write a review. For more content, follow the fun on Instagram by following at W-I-D-P-O-D. That spells WIDPOD. Super cool. Stands for Write It Down Podcast, but it's abbreviated to WIDPOD. Anyways, thanks for listening, and we will catch you later.